Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. We would like to acknowledge the Turrbal and Yagara peoples as the traditional owners of these lands where we stand, recognizing that these have always been places of meeting and sharing. I'd also like to pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Hi everyone, welcome to General Queries. I hope you're all doing well on this wonderful, wonderful afternoon. Doing spicy. Doing spicy. Uh, I'm your host, Talia. I'm joined by the dulcet tones of Megan, <laughs> my beautiful co-host. So dulcet. That's, I'm calling you that forever now. Mm, dulcet tones of Megan. I'm wearing Pegasus pants today. Um, um, they look stunning. Dunning. They are like pajamas, but for the daytime. This is why I never wear anything but jeans. It's the greatest jeans, experience jeans, of my life. Jeans are like an awake pants. Mm, you know, awake you, pants. You wear you wear jeans, and you're like, yes, I'm awake. If you wear anything I'm else, a grown up. Yeah, if you wear yeah. anything else, you end up napping on the train. Um, yeah, that's my dream. Don't nap on the train. <laughs> um, Joined, <laughs> uh, joining us in the studio today, and not judging me about napping on the train. <laughs> Is Zane our incredible producer? Hello. Yeah, hi. Zane Weber. Such hi, dulcet hi, tones. producer Zane. How are you? <laughs> uh, producer Zane, righteous podcast father Zane, <laughs> just Zane. Any of them? Our just, Lord. Just have, Zane. Do you have a moment to talk about our Lord and Savior Zane C. Weber? <laughs> I always have a moment to talk about our Lord He will. Zane he will come to save your podcasting soul. He's very <laughs> wonderful. So, um, so we're, talk- we're here to talk about the fact that uh, we're all we're all having a queer old time. Yeah, um, <laughs> who isn't? Who isn't <laughs> having a queer old time? I don't know anyone in Brisbane who isn't having a queer old time I, at this point. All my friends are gay, darling. All my, all friends, my are friends are gay. <laughs> I don't care to know anyone who hasn't. <laughs> I don't care for your misogyny. <laughs> so, um, yeah, how are you, Zane? I'm fine. I'm great. This is a it's a good day. How's your week been? Busy, packed because we we've. Uh, We've just finished Supernova, so I'm kind of wrapping up all the uh, the networking that happened there and trying to turn that into something. Hmm. Zane doesn't take breaks. Zane, Zane doesn't sleep, and so he takes advantage of that fact yeah, by fair. working when everyone else needs to not. Needs to rest. Also, there is a lot of networking that goes on at, at Supernova. At like I 2 a.m. Well, just like after Supernova, like okay, I have does. done Supernova four different times, four different times. I've done four su- Supernovas and every time I've walked away from a Supernova having to email people. Yeah. Like um, I had like 10 people tell me I look like Jodie Whittaker at this at this particular it's true. Uh, Supernova. Thank you. Mm. Um, so the guys from Hire Tardis were like, hey, um, yeah. you need to you need to buy uh, the whole 13th Doctor outfit. And I was like, oh, okay, just let me know the links to that. Okay, cool. So that was me. That was like my my Sunday night, Monday morning, sort of like frantically emailing them, being like, "Oh my gosh, I'm really sorry. You're the last email I have to send. Please just send me the links to everything there." So um, yeah, 
Yeah, I came away with uh, approximately 40 business cards and and leads and things that, you know, boring business stuff. Ew, <laughs> boring business stuff. How did the, uh, the panel talk go? Yeah, really well, really well. We had about five times the people that I was expecting, which was about hey. three. <laughs> Damn. So, yeah, and they A had cell questions. Phone, those are rare. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know because uh, – like honestly, we only got confirmed a couple of weeks out from Supernova, ah, uh, and so helpful. we didn't really have a lot of time to promote it. Mm. Uh, so we really didn't know what the response would sort of be because we all like scheduled the first session of the first real day of the first mm. weekend. Um, so yeah, but you no, know, it went really well. It was I a mean, good panel. I did, to, I did see it. So we are preaching to an audience of die hard. That's not canon fans, obviously. Ideally, yes. Ideally. <laughs> um, no, it was a good. It was a really good panel, and you had a lot of interesting things to say. I think the video is actually still up on the Facebook page. Probably, Probably. yes, it was shared so. on Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know, and that's not canon. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. a live stream, I believe. Yeah, mm. it was. Yeah. It was a good time. Some Anyone interested? From the network. Yeah. Um, Whomst? Whomst was there? There was uh, you there and was Miranda. Miranda from Musicals and Lauren Disorder. There was Sebastian from Second Take and A New World Order, mm. and then Who there is was. Wonderful. Alex Smith from My Song Suck. Yeah. And they were all wonderful, wonderful additions to the podcast. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, Zane, uh, tell me, what brings why you, are you here? Why are you here? On general queries. Because I am not heterosexual. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. I can't believe you've done this Is that to me. I can't <laughs> so no. tell us how how are you not heterosexual? Well, I used to. I originally identified as homosexual back mm-hmm. in high school, mm-hmm. um, but over the last few years, I have evolved or realized, or <laughs> like a Pokemon, like a Pokemon. Like, yeah, like a Pokemon. <laughs> I now. It's a mouthful what I uh, identify as now, uh, an agender, asexual, homoromantic person. Okay. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That makes sense. Spicy. So that is quite let, spicy. Let me try and, like, break that down into <laughs> hetero speak. So agender being not identifying as any gender. I don't identify as any gender. I still use he, him pronouns. Mm-hmm. I He, him, they, them is totally fine mm-hmm. because I do present as a very masculine. Yeah. If you've ever seen Zane in real life, um, he or they are, uh, appear as a very like <laughs> blokey kind of dude. Oh, you're yep. thinking, you're Cut thinking. Cut me straight to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> what, what you want, you want an image of a, a teddy bear in a business suit. That's Absolutely. Right. <laughs> I'll accept that one. With a lumberjack beard. With <laughs> a lumberjack beard. I have, to, I have to stress this, this suit is made of plaid. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lavender plaid. Lavender plaid. Lavender yeah. plaid. Yeah. That is so sexy. Um, speaking of sexy, a- asexual, we've already spoken about asexuality. We have, what, what does it mean to you? Because I think it's really interesting, like different people, it means different things for different people. So. Yeah. So I am very sex positive mm-hmm. asexual. So I have had sex and I, I'm i not close to the possibility of sex if it so happens in the future. But I don't experience sexual attraction. I don't really have the urge to seek out sexual activity. Mm-hmm. Um, but that process of discovering that was quite a long one for me because I was – you've spoken about it before on your asexual – 
Mine or the one with Marin? Both. Is that the the language is very new surrounding asexuality. So I just thought that I didn't understand what sex was in Mm. the right way. So I went on a bit of a journey to try and figure out why I didn't feel the same way about sex that everyone else seemed to and led me down a lot of very interesting rabbit holes, um, (laughs) figuratively speaking. Um, Do we want to hear about (laughs) Are you comfortable to tell us about these rabbit holes? Um, Yeah. Well, this is going out on the internet for everyone to hear, um, but I'm an open book. I have no problem mentioning it. So I, I am a very focused and obsessive person mm. i pick a hobby and then i drill down like on podcasting that. like podcasting like <laughs> musical theater has also been time travel and the science behind time travel in high school Damn. it's been a lot of weird things and at one point over a period of years it was sex um so i wanted to learn everything i could about sex and the different things mm. that people did and what have you and so i went through a period after I grew up in a rural town where sex, even gay sex, was vanilla. Like it was just sex. Okay. <laughs> um, there wasn't any mention of kink or anything. Mm. Uh, when I moved to Brisbane, that opened up new avenues of exploration, which like there's a lot of sex out there if you're going looking for it. Um, and- Absolutely, especially like in the in the kink scene, it can be wild yeah and it was getting into the kink scene um that i discovered that not all kink was inherently sexual and that Mm -hmm. kind of led me down the path or towards asexuality and and learning that word yeah because i only knew that word as like the actual scientific meaning of like plants reproducing Mm. asexually without sex can i also just make a point on that one because i have actually had someone um be like oh my gosh but isn't asexuality like the definition for sexual reproduction um interestingly um when asexuality started to become more of a thing um the scientific community actually changed the definition um of asexual to mean only the orientation so when we talk about sexual and asexual reproduction we're actually talking about gametous and agametous reproduction. Right. Okay. Um, but it's still like a fairly recent thing that mm. a lot of people haven't quite realized has happened yet. Yeah. Well, I certainly haven't yeah. because again, I've, I'm not in touch with the scientific community anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like I ever really was. No more time travel theories for you. <laughs> Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. So yeah. Uh, well, scientifically I did go through, I found, I, I tried to go through each different kink to see if that is something that, I could be into and I met a lot of interesting people and I had a lot of interesting connections, but like it never really sat well with me. Um, And at some point I just decided, look, this isn't, I'm spending so much energy Mm. and I'm not getting anything other than like intellectual, satisfying my intellectual curiosity. Mm. So I just said, okay, I'm not going to focus on it anymore. And that led to five years of celibacy and I didn't, feel any worse for it so then i kind of stumbled upon the asexual community and the meaning of asexualness okay yeah. and to my understanding like um king can be a really interesting thing um in the ace community not being ace myself i can't really comment with any sort of great authority um but it can be like an interesting thing um because like you say like kink is not inherently sexual Mm. um in fact it's actually quite um 
like primal and biological um, and is very much focused more on um, fantasy as opposed to like sexual gratification. Yeah, definitely more about headspace. Absolutely, which can ride a very fine line, um, I believe, in the ace community. Um, Yeah, it's really interesting. I know um, aces who are – like really super into kink, but the moment it becomes sexual, like it's it's not a thing that yeah, they want to engage yeah. in. Um, it's it's a really interesting kind of conversation to have. Yeah, and the whole concept of like um a dominatrix, um, which for people who are not aware is a um female dominant who doesn't engage in sex with her subs. Mm. Um, so that's a really interesting concept to have. That yeah. um, it is a very um. It is a thing that is very separate from sex. It can mm. include sex, but it also can can be exclusively part of the kink or part of the scene. So I also yeah. think it's really interesting um, that, like, when we talk about asexuality, immediately the conversation of like sex and kink comes mm. up, which I think is something that doesn't really happen when we talk about um, like gay identities and lesbian identities because like we're just so used to allosexuals being like that's just an accepted part of their life. Absolutely. Whereas yeah. like when you come out as ace, you immediately have to set those boundaries mm-hmm. um, and you have to go like, okay, well, actually – this is my entire uh, sexual history. Yeah, here's my sexual history. Yeah. So um, why yeah. can't why don't you have sex? Surely, how are you alive? It, yeah, and, and um, it's, it's even it's even more than that. It's 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 this interesting way that people. Uh, I'm not quite sure if this is your experience, yeah. um, but it's this interesting way that people kind of look at you, um, yeah, like you are some kind of deviant, um, whether or not you do have sex. Like no matter where you sit on that spectrum, they always have opinions about it and you mm-hmm. can't find the right answer. Yeah. 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 I mean, I haven't ever really come out in inverted commas as asexual mm. because um, sex and romance really take up very little part of my life and very mm. little of my personality is derived mm. from that. Um, whenever I have mentioned it to people, that it's ne- I've never been – greeted with like oh what why that sort of disdain it's always kind of been misunderstanding and taking it as pity Mm. um i i guess interpreting that i'm making the choice not to pursue sex because i i'm not getting the sex that i want sort of thing um so it is really misunderstood Mm. um and i very much am an educator i like to educate people i like to be an open book um but i won't i won't seek out people who don't understand to force understanding Mm. on them oh absolutely Um, not it's so emotionally draining (laughs) yes (laughs) especially with something that's so um i think inherent to people's Mm. lives or also um innate like everyone has some kind of innate understanding to sex and sexuality that the moment it's challenged especially in the way that asexuality challenges Mm. Um, yeah, they, they kind of refuse it if they're not super open-minded about it. So, yeah. Yeah. And I am an allosexual just for everybody. So yeah. I do not identify as an asexual person. Um, oh, and- should, should clarify for anyone who's, who's um, <laughs> yeah. not quite sure an allosexual <laughs> is, sure. is someone who 
does experience sexual attraction. Yeah. Um, yeah. And anyone who feels that they don't fall into either label is considered a gray A, so they're on the spectrum. We will cover this in later episodes. We'll do this. But um, yeah, just for some blanket definitions, that's what that means. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I I have definitely struggled with the concept of asexuality and the only way that I've been able to kind of um, – uh, figure it out in my own head, I guess, is talking to ace people and going like, hey, how does this, you know, um, work and and kind of discussing it in a way that's comfortable um, for everybody. But I think the reason that people struggle with it is, again, that whole idea of a very biological, like, mm. primal uh, instinct. Yeah. Yeah. We have to reproduce, otherwise the human race yeah. dies out. And I think that it challenges a very um, instinctual base level of of human existence to say I don't experience sexual attraction, which can be difficult both for uh, an allosexual person and also for an asexual person to be like, hello, no. Um. (laughs) Yeah, it's really interesting when you start looking at um, sexuality like as as a concept and then breaking it down um, into sort of like its subatomic parts um, and you go, well, sexuality is made up of attraction and desire and then as an Mm. asexual person you don't experience um, attraction but you can have desire or, um, you know, uh, action doesn't equal attraction. It it can also not equal desire. Yeah. Um, And they're really interesting kind of, positions that you can put yourself, I guess, on that map mm. um, that people are just not aware of at all. And I I don't know if this has been mm. your experience, but having grown up not realising this particular truth or be, have, being able to put a name on this truth about myself, there are so many things in the world that are confusing if you don't understand sexual attraction. Yeah. Um, no, definitely. Like, like, yeah. Can can we kind of elaborate on that? Definitely, because as the only allosexual <laughs> in the room, you're gonna ask the dumb question. Yeah, and like that's really that's totally fine. That's, that's a really fascinating to concept to yeah. me. Like, because uh, there it's, are definitely things that I take for granted. You know, like you see someone in a club across the room and you make the eyes, and yeah. um, like there are things that interactions that I take for granted. Yeah, absolutely. But it, even on a on a base level, taking personal interaction just media and marketing um the media like, is so it is, sexualized <laughs> it's so easy to see um the sexualization of women um when you don't experience the sexual attraction that drives the the sexualization exactly right. but then in the in the last few years you see the same thing being put the sexualization of the male form in like mm. advertising and media and people don't seem to pick up that that's the same thing just on another gender. Um, Hello, that's the patriarchy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, And also something I've continued to not understand in the slightest is pornography. I, it it is only confusing to me what people find attractive about porn because it's it's, funny. It's it's, (laughs) It's just, it's funny. It seems like bad melodrama to me. Yeah, it's it's just it's badly written. <laughs> the best the best the story is not the important part, guys. <laughs> and that's that's and that's the part that we that I personally miss. Yeah. Like I don't get that like we can ignore what's actually happening on screen mm. um and the story that is there or the what we're being presented with because it has this sexual um, component that mm. I just don't connect with. It's a it's a level of fantasy. You're meant to um, put yourself in the in the shoes of whoever's on the screen. The issue is that you don't want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the interesting thing about porn, though, is that 
can we just can we just very blatantly say porn is not an accurate representation of sexuality? Absolutely. Let's just put it straight out there. Um, um, it is porn it is, is so... the the intention of porn is sexual arousal for orgasm. Mm. That's what it's for. Um, and, and you it, should so never get your sex ed from porn. <laughs> from porn I just, just want to put that out there. You should definitely get it from podcasts. Yes. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> we know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's – I think that – yeah, I can kind of understand why that would be baffling because yeah. the focus is only the sex and the sexual gratification, whereas a sexual encounter um, is often – well, you would hope, um, based on more than just the sexual gratification because there is, whether it's, um, you know, a one-night stand or, you know, a casual sexual relationship, there is that element of human connection. Absolutely. And that's that's I think that's my disconnect with porn because in all of my sexual history, the only benefit from sexual contact is that one-on-one kind of connection or that personal experience rather than just the physical sensation or sexual attraction to a random person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that that is my disconnect, but that is, that's probably the pathway that comes up the most in normal conversation when someone mentions uh, porn or masturbation and I just off the cuff say I is weird. Yeah. I don't understand it. I, I'm I'm not um quite sure where you lie in terms of like other things, but um like for me, um talking to people has been like I've had to explicitly go out and learn signals mm. that other people just seem to be aware of. It, it's kind of like the the way I can kind of describe it is like um if you have a crush on someone and you can't read the signals that you're getting from them because you're you're so involved in this person, it's kind of like you can't read the signals that anyone's giving you because <laughs> you're just not you're not clicked onto that level. Yeah. Or like people will say things and you will have to actually go and consciously learn what all of these things mean because it's just it's not relevant has to that, you. Has that like been your experience or? Definitely. Y- yes. Yeah. In normal, I say, I say normal in non kink communities and mm. interactions. I am totally clueless when it comes to flirting. Kink is very explicit, very explicit, <laughs> very straightforward, yeah. um, very uh, consent uh, aware consent of consent. Focused, uh, yeah. And so everything is very usually discussed beforehand. Mm. And, and that is something that I, as a person understand because everything's laid out and the expectations are made when it Mm. comes to sexual, I mean, that subtle sexual connection. It is something that over time Mm. I have codified in my own mind. It's like, if someone's doing this, then okay, then this is what they're going to do Mm -hmm. or this is their intention. Like this, this is them flirting Mm -hmm. with me and I either need to, uh, encourage or discourage that depending on where what yeah. I want to or what I want to happen. Can I very um, quickly like just yeah, have absolutely. a little disclaimer. If you are interested in kink BDSM, um you need to do a lot of research mm. um and like we said consent is very important. Um any sort of kink interaction that you have should be discussed frankly beforehand um yeah. before you start any sort of scene. Just FYI cuz kink can be really dangerous if you don't 
have a conversation yeah, and, and discuss expectations beforehand. And, and definitely talk to your partner. Talk about, to your partner. Yeah, if your partner isn't communicating, they're not meant to be they're your not, partner. Yeah, um, trust yeah, is if, very important. Well, there's a, there's a thing called uh, uh, there's a enthusiastic consent. Is like yeah. they shouldn't just be saying yes; they should actively be working towards the same ends as you yeah. are. Yes. Um, and if that doesn't there, then you probably want to have a conversation yeah. about yeah. it. Safe um, words are also very important. Yeah. Um, the best safe word is safe word, by the way. Don't make a stupid, <laughs> like, yeah. weird, like, tangerine purple hippo. No one's going to remember that. I, I once um, was doing, uh, like, theatre um, material development workshops and at one point um, the word pineapple came up and everyone else thought it was this hilarious thing. And I was just like, it's just a pineapple, guys. And they're like, no, it's a, it's a quite a common safe word. And I was like, It is quite a common safe word, I yes. Didn't, I was unaware that pineapple <laughs> was quite a common safe word. So. And that's the thing, like all of these um, like innuendos and stuff that I just kind of take for granted as an ally person, like, you, like are these kind of like lost on you? Or they're, like- not, they're not super, well, for me, they're not super lost, but it's also I had to consciously go and learn a lot of it Mm. um I had to consciously go and learn a lot of I guess what everything means I I don't know for me it, it it kind of affected my relationship um with my body more than anything else um and from the fact that like being quite open about you know how I sort of live within my body I I don't have a perfect relationship with my body um and I think a lot of that stems from my asexuality, but then my relationship with with people in general, kind of combining both of those issues, it affected my relationship with people. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's an mm. it's an interesting mm. one when you kind of yeah look yeah. at look at how sexuality in in general can then affect yeah. your relationship with yourself, which then affects um, how you interact with other people. Yeah, and absolutely. how does that work for you, like? Uh, well, like I said, it is, it, it becomes things that people accept, allosexual people accept as given being sexual attraction. And, uh, and then when I was growing up, it was assumed heterosexuality. Uh, a good fun time. A good fun time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I was very aware of a very, from a very young age that I was, uh, that I oh, was I- at least gay <laughs> i was i was straight by default until i was about 15 so yeah. yeah it was it was my first sexual education lesson mm. at 11 when i realized oh okay that's the word for me then mm. um and then the rest is uh history um yeah so it becomes an intellectual endeavor where you you're recognizing sing- signals on an intellectual level rather than an emotional level going okay i understand this social interaction yeah um and then progress from there really yo it's megan your girl uh this episode went for a for a long boy uh zane is just so gosh darn fascinating so tune in for next week to hear the rest of his uh dulcet tones to be doing you need to be listening to the floof and Papa podcast i'm mel i'm taylor and we're going to talk about all things dogs dog stories dog breeds dog tips and tricks 
dog puns. Dog jokes. Dog everything out if you're not listening. Uh, hit us up at the Floof and Papa podcast wherever you get your podcast. Tune in. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.